0: Welcome to the Hungry Few Podcast with
1: your host, Riley Logsdon, where we extract the top habits of highly successful individuals and reverse engineer their
0: tactics,
1: behaviors, and strategies. You'll learn firsthand from experts grinding in the trenches daily, so you have all the tools and tactics to reach your destination. Are you one of the complacent many, or are you one of the hungry few? what is up guys welcome back to another episode of the hungry few podcast today i'm so excited i have one of my really good friends uh here today for you guys and he is incredible just, just incredible incredible <laughs> i took it away from you, Sorry. there you go there you go and just a quick intro of what he does um i mean he does so much what don't you do but quick intro he's an american ninja warrior athlete he is a licensed massage therapist he's a tv host an actor a fitness model and most importantly, his mission right now, he's actually the founder of Love Fearless. And we'll we'll dive deeper into all these, but welcome, brother. Thank you, man. It's an honor to be here and be with
0: somebody who is not only inspiring other people, but you truly lead by example. You educate yourself behind the scenes. You're uh you're you're not only a, a godly man, but like you're you're I don't know, peop you're highlighted when people see you. And you're way older than you you look older than you seem. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, "How can this wait, sound?" Wait, weird. wait, wait! Oh.
0: <laughs> no, you are way more mature than. Well, thank uh,
1: yeah, thank you, thank but you. You're a lot younger because you're you're ahead of the game. Oh, I appreciate the honor. <laughs> so, uh, for our audience, I think American Ninja Warrior a lot of people love, and they're curious about that whole process. So, I'd love to dive into your American Ninja Warrior experience. Of how did you get on the show? Training and uh, just how cool was it to be on that show?
0: It was definitely uh, an amazing experience because. Uh, Ninja Warrior is not like the norm. It's not like a bodybuilding competition. It's something where you look at obstacles that have most likely never been done before. Most people are intrigued by these obstacles. You don't know how you're going to do with do with them. Um, but it all started with um, me naturally being a monkey, looking at the world like my personal jungle gym. And after a few years, uh, after the show aired, people were like, Justin, you should audition for the show. And prior to Ninja Warrior, I've never auditioned for a TV show. And one day I decided, you know what, I'm going to just audition for the show because my brother who a uh, shout out to him, he gifted me, um, a, a day at a ninja gym for Christmas. And I went there, used those clips to audition for American ninja Warrior and got on.
1: Oh, wow. So did you just send the video in?
0: I sent a three minute videotape in showing my athletic ability, a little brief background of my story. And they picked it up and nearly, I mean, over a hundred thousand people audition every year to be on that show. And they only
1: take less than a half percent of the applicants. Wow. So I want to know more about the training. What does the training look like going up to that? I mean, it can't be easy. Is it twice a day of monkey well, it's, bars, it's, rock climbing?
0: It's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a uh, very different. It's, uh, predominantly upper body strength, grip strength and balance. Never underestimate balance. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just looking at workouts or possibilities of, of doing things and then just executing it over and over until you
1: actually get something that doesn't seem possible and getting it done. Wow. I want to hear about, you were telling me earlier, the, the story of when you climb that rope, the hundred foot, foot, foot rope. Okay. I think, I think so, that's a pretty cool story. Okay.
0: So I believe this was my first experience with, uh, Mike Cook's ultimate backyard warrior. I mean, we, well, I I think it was my second experience. We started in his backyard. That's where UBW comes from, Ultimate Backyard Warrior. Now it's at this huge field and uh, hundreds of people come from all over the country to compete and be able to test their strength on a Ninja Warrior course because not everyone makes it on the show. So he wants to make it available for everybody, just like Ninja Warrior gyms are open for people to see if they have what it takes to do these things. But Um, the fourth and final stage that I made to, I had the honor of making it in that cut was a hundred foot rope climb. And on the show, it's like 75, 80 feet, um, of a rope after completing all four, all three stages, you have this climb, they have to do it under 30 seconds, but my cook, like, you know, he took it to the next level and said, Hey, we have a hundred foot rope that was suspended, um, by a a crane. He had this crane there and you know, people ask me, what happens if you fall? Well, you're in a harness. So it's just like (laughs) on the show, you know? So, but that was honestly one of the hardest climbs because I didn't have any socks on and I was climbing this rope. And one thing you, you realize quickly is after 50 feet, that rope gets heavier and heavier because it's sliding. You have such friction. Every time you lift your leg up, it's just grinding. And I had some severe burns from that climb. So not only every inch that I was pulling up, did I feel that burn, which maybe I'll, I'll, I'll post a clip maybe up here. We'll we'll see if we can add that in, but it was definitely real. And, uh, just the strain on my body to be able to get up there. Yeah, but I made it. So that's all that matters. I won't tell you the time it took. Definitely, (laughs) definitely over a minute, but, uh, but I made it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I bet that'd be brutal. And the the leg pain too would suck.
0: Kind of like the, uh,
1: the, the workout yesterday. Yes. Yes. Shout out to Quest Hawk and uh, the Wolf Pack. if anybody's listening to that. So a workout we do on Tuesdays, and it is absolutely brutal. So if you're in San Diego, uh, go ahead and either DM me or Justin we'll get you connected into that as well. But I want to move on to, you went from American Ninja Warrior being on a TV show mm-hmm. to TV host. I want to talk about your TV hosting career. How did you get involved with that? How did you get connected within the TV, the entertainment world? So first of all, I never thought to myself that, Hey, I want to be a TV host.
0: Never. That never came up. I I was big into fitness and I thought, well, you know, one day uh, maybe I can become a fitness model. So I used that as a platform, uh, did some commercials, eventually got on board with the home shopping network, doing some fitness modeling. And it wasn't until I started working with Mario Lopez on a, on one of his body by Jake machines that I thought maybe one day I can become a host like him. You know, he started off doing some acting and I was dabbling in some acting then. And I thought, man, that would freak me out to be a TV host because it's live. HSN is live national TV selling something and intrigued me to push past something that would, you know, that honestly intimidated me. So from that experience, I started seeking help. I, I actually, one of the TV hosts, I um, offered trading some services. You know, uh, I've, I've been a licensed massage therapist for almost 20 years now. And I said, hey, if you can use some recovery, you know in in exchange for teaching me you know some hosting skills and through that i think it was like my fifth training session with him i got my first audition to become a uh for uh, of an inf- uh, to audition to be a host on an infomercial which i started off fitness modeling for but i you know i believe in the scriptures where it says you have not because you ask not i remember asking this producer hey what do i got to do to become a host on one of your infomercials and one day a couple years later After pursuing and being prepared for that opportunity, he gave me an opportunity and I auditioned right there with a current on air TV show host and I booked the job. And uh, that's a whole story in and of itself, but it's been a process of doing things that are very outside my comfort zone and doing things that seem very unfair. They told me I would have a prompter. I did not have a prompter. I had to figure it out, but I proved to myself that I have what it takes if I persevere to get better at things. And honestly, I feel like it takes me 20 times as long to memorize something than other people. But if I apply myself, I will eventually get better and better at that process. But I eventually became an on-air TV host. And after nine years of being with the Home Shopping Network, of starting off fitness modeling and and asking them for opportunities to speak on air, I eventually had an opportunity to become an on-air uh, guest host on HSN.
1: That's awesome. I want to hear more about the training when it comes to that, I mean, that's a different level of training. You definitely had the physical piece down we are very, very physically in shape and healthy, but then that, that shift from going from being confident physically to being confident speaking to a big audience, how nerve wracking was that? And I know you said it felt like it was a little challenging for you and a little uncomfortable for you to be in that situation. How do you deal with that uncomfort? And push and persevere through that versus just saying, oh, maybe this isn't for me. This is a little uncomfortable. It's a great question. Let me just clarify. I may have misspoken,
0: miscommunicated when I told you that. It was very uncomfortable, not just a little bit. It was My first show was with someone who has never um, uh, hosted this product before. So I'm the product specialist. I need to know everything. I, I had note cards, just one little index card of all my notes. We had to be live on air for an hour. And they told me, no, you can't have note cards. There's no commercial breaks. <laughs> you just have to roll with it. It was 4 a.m., and we were live, and uh, I just had to own it. And uh, you, you know what's funny is you find out what you're made of when you're when you're in that moment. I mean, I, I was definitely very nervous, and I just I knew I I there's something in me that likes a challenge. And that's what allowed me to just constantly pursue it. But no part of me ever felt like it was comfortable. I just, I did it because I had the desire to do some TV
1: hosting. Mm, That's good.
0: I, I honestly, one of the reasons I got into acting was to be able to one day be able to portray a character that most people would think would be impossible for my personality type, playing the bad guy. I look like this, you know, good character. And I think back to the Dark Knight, you know. Um, you know, just the Joker, you know, Heath Ledger, how he can play this charming character, but yet also play the Joker. Like, how can you have that difference, you know, without being you know, applying yourself with uh, within the skill of acting? So I wanted that with hosting. How could I step and become a master at something that I normally never th- saw potential of? Because I got made fun of when I was younger because I had a strong list. People would ask me to say my name. People... You know, my greatest fear growing up was feeling like if I got too close to somebody, they w- I would be exposed at how stupid I was because I didn't know much. You know, I, I was very
1: insecure growing up. So it sounds like throughout your life, you constantly are putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. And that's where growth comes from. But you're, you're putting yourself in these uncomfortable situations. And you continue to do it throughout your life. Well, I've I've noticed the greatest changes for the better in my life.
0: Have been in my com- have been outside my comfort zone hmm. by far. So it's not that I enjoy the process. I just know the outcome outweighs the discomfort at that point. But you know, like I, I know a lot of the fear can can you know really test why you want to get it, why you want to persevere in a certain industry. And I believe we're we're called to to step up, to level up. And I have to keep my eyes on people that do well in the industry and. Look under there, you know, there, there, there are, you know, there, there are like hints of how people have become successful through books or through meeting these people uh, in person. And they, they, they persevere through these hard things. So I have to remember what they did. I have to be willing to pursue myself if I want to eventually get there and not be common.
1: Hmm. How do you expose yourself
0: to those people that have already
1: been there and done what you want to do?
0: Uh, I believe there's a price to that. Whether it's uh, investing into a mastermind, uh, taking time out of your schedule where you want to do other things, but you you shave out time to uh, listen to podcasts. I'm not really a podcast guy, but I know Audible. Um, that, that's the way I prefer to learn or in person. But sometimes you're not around these people that you want to be around. So you have to watch their podcast or read their book. So you've actually been a big inspiration in Audible. Um And i personally do that either while i'm running or driving but i have to sacrifice not talking to friends or doing other things in the car like listening to music i have to sacrifice that to educate myself in other areas which doesn't feel like something i want to do but i know it's going to help me grow
1: Mm, that's good i want to transition into your massage therapy business and your business is one of the top percent of businesses when it comes to massage therapy within the united states and not very many people can charge the rates you charge at 300 plus an hour how are you able to charge such a premium and have no problem fully booking up your schedule yeah i'm super
0: passionate about this because i've been doing this for nearly 20 years um you need to know your value that's that's number one and nobody can tell you what that is but yourself i've applied myself i know what it takes to try a million things and know that they don't work so i i've been there um i I know my value honestly uh I've started off charging sixty bucks an hour, went up to eighty, and then was afraid to make that jump from eighty to a hundred, fearing that I would lose clients, but those weren't the clients that I wanted long term, but you have to take a chance you have to be willing to lose clients in order to gain a whole new you know demographic of clients where they're paying higher value but um you don't know until you try, but I know um I know what it takes to be able to charge 300 plus an hour, but know that I have the quality, the background and the expertise to be able to deliver,
1: um, a session that is able to help people get better. So that's good. So it's a different, what I'm hearing you say is it's a different clientele as well. So not only when you raise your prices, are you making more money, but you're also, you also get a higher quality client as well.
0: Yeah, clients that um, that typically get a massage that they're paying over three hundred dollars an hour doesn't mean they're not wealthy. Uh, I have a lot of wealthy clients with when I raised my rates, and they're like, "Why would I ever pay that?" Um, they're just not used to that. But I tell them, "Until you've tried what I offer, you're never gonna you're never gonna know." Um, and and I know I can deliver that. I pride myself in giving people the best massage they've ever had, and it's not just the quality. I'm not saying I'm the best therapist in the world. There are many talented people out there. I know I can offer quality. I know I can offer, um, making them feel comfortable on the table. And I, 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 I use the highest grade equipment, I highest products. Everything I do is to a high standard from the way I, I, I contact them, the way I follow up with them, the way I show up, the way I dress, everything is a premium and they know the difference. You stand out. I, I am the, that hungry few. That stands out in the massage therapy industry. And, you know, I deserve to be paid higher because I know I'm called to do other things and I can't spread myself too thin. I've been there where I've had, you know, I've done 12 plus hours of massage in a single day. I've had over 20 clients in a single week where they're 90, 120 minute sessions. I've been so busy, but you get to a point where you're
1: capped. I need to raise my rates. That's good. So you actually touched on the hungry few there for a second. One of the questions I love to ask is, why are you one of the hungry few? Why do you refuse to settle when it's so much easier just to say, "Oh, I've already accomplished this. I've already done this. I'm good." So I I- wanna, because I want to. Because I want to grow. Yeah.
0: Um. I think of Martha Stewart, where she had a, an amazing pie. This is one of her like stories. She had a, a great recipe for a pie. I think it was like twelve bucks back in the day, and one day she decided she was going to charge fifty. And then it became a thing. People were like, "Oh man, like fifty dollars? Why would you?" And then they tried, it and they're like, "Wow, this is great!" And it became the thing where people are like, "Man, have you tried that her fifty dollar pie?" And all of a sudden, people were buying it. And she didn't do anything different with the recipe. It was the same thing. She knew the quality was there. She raised the rate, so naturally, people associate um, a high price with more value, and use that to your advantage, you know. But knowing that you have to make sure you're delivering something of value, and you have to know your value as well, because a lot of times people will buy your product because of the confidence you need to know for yourself not that you're scamming somebody i never believe in charging something that you're not worth but knowing that if somebody is willing to pay for it you have to know for yourself that they there's enough quality and value there that they're going to want to come back if you have that
1: then you have a successful model Mm, that's good that's really good so i want to transition over to you touched a little bit on overcoming fear um why you want to keep growing and why you intentionally put yourself in situations that aren't comfortable because you know the outcome and the, the outcome of putting yourself in fear and overcoming fear, putting yourself in uncomfortable positions is going to be growth. I want to hear more about your stories of overcoming fear and how you've kind of transitioned your life and your uncomfortable things that you've dove into and your fears that you conquered and how you transition that into love fearless and your mission going on now. Well, I'll start by asking you guys a question. Those of you who are listening, who's, have you
0: ever been limited by fear and think about for a second, what your greatest fear is right now. The one that maybe it's talking to a loved one and opening up about a story that you've never shared with them. Maybe there's something that is in you that you want to do, but you're too ashamed to open up about what that is because maybe you don't believe you have what it takes to get there or maybe you don't feel like you're good enough smart enough more be- beautiful enough to do something we are all called to do something different we're all called to be the hungry few god made us very unique why should we be common you know god created all the resources in the world but he created that he he buried them deep enough so that the lazy can't get to them you have to know who you are what you're called to do know, no what your gifts and talents are, and cultivate them. At the end of our life, God, I believe, is going to ask us, were you a good steward of what I gifted you with? I want to be able to answer yes to that. But here's the thing. Why why be a fear overcomer? Well, you need to be a fear overcomer if you have faith. Faith and fear are complete opposites. If you want to overcome something, you need faith. I I believe that the essence of who we are, we need to tap into faith or— yeah, if, if I were to ask you what your deepest fear was, and if you were to be bold enough to overcome it on your own, I would challenge you that you may not have what it takes to do that if you didn't have faith, or else you'd be God, in my opinion. I think there's an element of faith that we all need. That's the way we were created, and I think God just had a, had a, has a missing piece that he wants you to realize that you're not supposed to be self-sustainable. You need that element of faith. And you, you, your, your test, your faith is tested when you have fear, and you have to figure out what do I believe in, who do I believe is going to win in that battle. And uh, I, I mean, I can go on and on about how I overcame fear of the fear of sharks and all yeah, that
1: stuff. I would love to hear more about that. Is how did you overcome, I mean, fear of sharks is a common fear. How did you overcome that? It seems like it's. Uh, I mean, the movie Jaws kind of put the fear of sharks in yeah. people's heads, where people are just terrified of these creatures, and they'll be in a swimming pool and be thinking about it. They won't close your eyes in the swimming pool or won't go swimming in a pool because of their fear of sharks. Mm-hmm. So how did you, how were you able to break through that fear? It's, it's funny how even from the beginning of
0: jaws, how the, 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 the influence of media has on people before that, nobody had that. I mean, that global scale of fear of sharks. It's just such a rare thing, but I grew up with uh, my dad watching jaws, you know, that generation. And, that naturally carried down into you know how he would raise us and say, hey, you know this is the sharks' territory. He loved us. He didn't want us to get in the water. But I also saw people who grew up in the water and they they swam in the water and they didn't seem to have a fear of sharks at all. But me, I was the guy who would be in my teenage years and jump on somebody if I felt something by my feet. Um, so to answer your question, why I chose to overcome that is because I wanted to live a life of freedom that other people had that I couldn't even imagine having because. I didn't see it was possible, but I, I chose to surround myself with people like that and chose to be vulnerable enough to listen to what they would give me guidance on. And I remember going on a jet ski with a friend, and, he, and there were a bunch of dolphins around. He knew I wanted to overcome this fear, and he said, Jump in the water. And I was like, God, this is horrible. Like, yeah. you know, you hear that dolphins can kill sharks, but I'm like, I didn't know, but I needed to listen to him. He gave me baby steps of things that I can do that would help me eventually make steps toward overcoming my fear of sharks. And it was over a 10-year period of making these baby steps, being in the water, doing things afraid, that eventually I got to a real point in my life. And I said, God, I don't want to be crippled by and paralyzed by fear of sharks the rest of my life. So I made a deal with God. I said, God, I I want to overcome this fear right now, tonight. And uh, I really felt, I can't explain it, but I really felt God's presence saying, I will help you overcome that if you want to. And I said, okay, God, I'm doing it. And, uh, I realized if you're going to overcome your fear, you have to be able to face it head on. And I knew the worst fear of my life at that point that I can do that day would be to jump off my dock in the Du Seaga Bay, um, where there are bull sharks. And and in fact, 10 years prior to this, this was about seven years ago, uh, somebody jumped onto a bull shark and died, but on that same body of water and there are bull sharks, it's murky water, it's the intercoastal, but I knew my worst fear would be to jump off my dock at midnight and swim across the canal and go back and come back by myself. And I knew if I did that, I would have unlocked a whole new level of living fearless and living in freedom, but I would have to be willing to essentially die pursuing that. So, I mean, as a, as a, a, a believer in Jesus, and, and, and that's my relationship with God, it's through him. I knew that I had to kind of give up my life for him to do the things that I feel called to do. And I know in my life, I'm called to live by example. I live by his example. So for me, I was like, God, I do not want to be limited by fear. My favorite verse is Second Timothy one seven, is God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And if I don't have a sound mind about doing something that God's asked me to do, then how am I, you know? Then if I if I can't do that in every area of my life, I don't know if I'm going to be ready for that. So I basically at midnight jumped across. There's a long story, but I jumped across the canal, uh, jumped in the water. Uh, swam like Michael Phelps. Didn't want to get hit by a shark. Got to the other side. I was exhausted. Had a cramp in my side. And while I was building enough courage to try to swim back, which, by the way, when you don't have that jumping start to swim back, it seems infinitely further. My eye line is right level with the water. I knew that when I jumped in the water, there was a bunch of, you know, n- you know, you know, disturbance in the water. So every shark that heard that noise is probably swimming to there. area. They're probably swimming around, waiting to think what what happened. I stepped on a, a an oyster bed. I cut my foot. I know I've got blood in the water. And I was so tempted to get out of the water in somebody's backyard just to, to, to walk back to my house. But I knew looking at my dock lamp, uh, the, the dock light, that that was where my freedom was in my life. I had to be willing to die to head back there. So I started swimming back. And at the halfway point, it was the most vulnerable situation of my life where I realized I committed to going on this journey where there was no exit plan i literally could not just pull a, a cord and say okay i give up i was literally at the halfway point i could swim back or forward and there was nothing that anybody can do it was just me the elements and god if you're there you're there to protect me but nobody could do anything to help me and i just had to for the next couple minutes to finish up that swim i had to swim like an injured fish knowing that if a shark were to hit me I wouldn't have enough strength because I was mentally and physically so exhausted. I probably couldn't even punch the, I I just knew I, I just had to just do it. And when I got to the end of the dock, I learned two things. First of all, when I got to the end, God blessed me with bioluminescence. Everything around me was glowing blue and it did not happen during my swim or even on the other side of the dock. But right by the dock, it was glowing all blue. These blue beads were glowing I knew that was a sign from God saying, I'm proud of you, because he knew the weight in my heart of what I was sacrificing. It was the scariest thing I overcame, but I got out of the water, and the biggest lesson I learned from this, and I think anybody can apply this if you guys are faced with fear, and I'll tell you afterward, like some of the three-step process I, I go through whenever I try to face a fear, is I realized at that point, I overcame my greatest fear, and I thought, oh my gosh, like what does life look like now? And in that moment, I believe you know think there's a there's good and evil out there. I believe evil right then and there slapped me in the face with fear, and it was it was a it was a deception because right now, in that moment, I felt like being fearless would be doing the same thing again without being afraid. I thought that's what fearless was at that point. That was my goal of overcoming it, and I instantly felt defeated. So if you ever pursue uh, overcoming your fear and feel defeated, that could be a deception from the enemy. What I realized was that was the enemy telling me that, oh, you need to be fearless. God spoke up in my heart. The Holy Spirit spoke up and reminded me, the fact that you were willing to do it afraid means more than being fearless. And this is what it was like. God was telling me, this is what it's like in your greatest weakness where I can show up stronger because I was willing to die. I was willing to do something that I would have never done on my own if it wasn't for that faith. And I conquered that. And just for the heck of it, I jumped off the dock, didn't need to swim across. Swam in the water for about 30 seconds and got back out and realized I'm going to apply this to every other area of my life that if God tells me to do something, even unto death, even unto a broken relationship, even unto losing my job or having to move outside my comfort zone and not knowing the outcome, I'm willing to do it because I have a peace in my heart that God will protect me. And I will always remember that, that, that very scary, lonely swim across the canal and back. But I had to trust, I didn't feel it, but I had to trust that God was with me during that.
1: That's really good. There's something actually you said in there that I took away and that's when she swam across all the way and you were there, you had that internal battle in your head of, do I really want to swim back? I'm bleeding. I probably, I've I've stirred up all the water. All the sharks are probably going to be right here. Do I really want to do this? I know I committed to it, but do I really want to do this now? And, uh, Steve Weatherford was actually just talking about Mm. that on his podcast the other day of just deciding isn't enough because you can decide you're going to do something, but not actually take the action, not follow through with it. And that's really going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your mindset. It's going to hurt you internally because then you're breaking that trust with yourself, your integrity, self-integrity. And if you don't have self-integrity, how is anyone else going to trust you? How are you going to ever accomplish anything? And so the fact that we actually did cold plunges last night,
0: committed, committed to, it,
1: to it, committed to it. And it was, it was 10, p.m. after a long workout and we were all tired we're like dude it'd be so nice to just fall asleep right now and maybe have some burritos or yeah, yeah. Like. let's go uh, get some burritos and watch a movie or something but no we we committed to it and so that's that's another important thing is community and why you need uh, other people to keep you accountable mm-hmm. but when you have that self-accountability of no i committed to this i'm gonna do it it boosts your confidence so much mm-hmm. and many people don't get to that point and
0: I feel like it's the reason I swam back, the reason I swam back to my dock and not just retreated was because I knew my mission wasn't accomplished yet. And I feel like a lot of us start something, but we don't finish it, and we never get that satisfaction, and we feel so defeated. We stay there. We need to get out of that funk. Have you ever had a funky day, there's nothing more empowering than knowing when you pray, when you call a friend and say, hey, I'm in a funk. You realize you can get out of it if you are just willing to say, hey, I'm vulnerable right now. I'm in a funk. Help me get out of it. When you when you realize you have the power through your tongue, through your speech to snap out of funks and to snap out of a lack of commitment, you realize you have more authority in on this earth than, than you think. So I realize that just in, in my faith walk, I know I'm called here for a purpose. I know I'm called here to be able to lead by example, help people overcome fear, help them not live a complacent life. That's one of my missions in life. And I know the way I've been able to do that is kind of like through the example I, I, I shared um, through the overcoming fear of sharks. I had to test my faith over that fear. And sometimes people just need a little helping hand through that. They don't have to go through it alone, but there will be times where you feel all alone and you have to, you know, trust at the core of who you are. Are you going to rely, rely on old primal instincts? Or are you going to rely on the new person inside? If you are, a believer in god and feel like you have that close relationship with him and i have that through jesus but i mean everyone's on their own journey but I'm, I'm telling you some of your deepest darkest areas where you need help your friends your friends self-help books can only do so much but it's your relationship with jesus and knowing who you are in him is what helps you break out of that that's what's helped me break out of my complacency and if you knew me back then you would you would see me as a completely different person that's why i'm so passionate about this but you are called to do something in this world do it do it with excellence you will stand out and here's the thing it's not about being the best influencer it's not about being the president of a company you may be called to be the best mother of your three children ever and you may never get appreciated as much you know but you got to do it because you're doing it unto the lord you're doing it because you know god's called you to do it and your your children may not appreciate and, and see all the things and affirm you for all the things you're doing, but you got to know in your heart, you're doing what you were called to do. When you do that with excellence, then you're able to zoom out and see the big picture that you are part of the greater mission. I, I try to think of myself as we're naturally selfish, right? How can we learn to be selfish, since we're naturally selfish, about being selfless? You actually end up getting more because you're leaving, you're part of leaving a legacy. It's more than you you know, it's, it's about the big picture here. And, and the older I get, the more I realize I value relationships. I value experiences. And, and, um, I just don't want to settle and I don't want to see other people settle in their life because of past hurts, you know, or, or limiting beliefs. And, um, you know, not everyone grows up with having the finances to invest in things, but if you have the money to invest, there's a price to pay for that. If you don't have a lot of money, do what you got to do, sacrifice what you have to sacrifice, learn. And then when you learn something and see other people in need, do not be too busy that you can't, take time to help them out. That's what Jesus did, and, I, and I'm and i determined to live my life leading by his
1: example. Mm, that's good. So I want to get into th- your three-step process. What are actionable steps people, people can take in order to conquer a fear that they have and not just decide, oh yeah, I'm going to, or I want to, I should break through this fear, but no, I'm going to break this fear. What three steps can I take to conquer that fear?
0: Okay, I'll tell you right now. Um, so uh, I'll give you a practical example. I was in Montana, and I just finished a beautiful hike and. Uh, We saw this beautiful open body of water. Um, I didn't know it was in the water. I knew there weren't sharks, but uh, I knew the water was very cold. I found out later on it was 55 degrees, and I wanted to swim across. And I'm like, man, that would be so great to swim across. I asked my buddy who was with me and said, hey, you want to swim across? And he goes, no. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It would be so great to swim across to have that freedom. And uh, I thought, oh, shoot, now I'm at a dilemma. Do I do it because I want to do it or do I not do it because I don't feel like doing it because my friend's not willing to do it? You have to be willing to do things because you want to do it, not just depend on other people. So here's a three-step process I used, and it, and it worked. First, I just submitted myself and prayed. I was like, Lord, this is something I want to do. If there's a reason why I shouldn't be doing this, let me know. But God, I want to do this. You've given me dominion over the earth. All the the, the, the you know creepy crawly things, the, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea. Like I have dominion to enjoy life. So I prayed about it and had a peace about pursuing it. Next thing. I started speaking life right then and there after praying, I started speaking life and I didn't have any red flags that I shouldn't do it. Cause I believe you should be cautious, not do silly things, but I knew there was nothing wrong with swimming. It, it would be safe to do. And I started speaking life. Did you know that fear and excitement have the same physical components? Like your body has the same reactions. Your, your hands can get sweaty. Your heart will race. You know, you can be a little anxious. Your heart rate will go up, but it's what goes on in your mind is what flips. So right then speak life, you know, into that situation. So I started making declarations. Say, God, I'm excited to be here. I'm going to, this is amazing. I'm an overcomer. I can I can do anything I set my mind to. God, you are with me. You are for me. You're not against me. I'm going to overcome this. I don't, I don't, I can, you know, you, you know, I'm not alone in this. I, I can conquer this just like I've overcome over th- other things. So start speaking and recalling other things. And the third step after speaking life, is uh, because then it starts to change, you know, things, you know, there's a lot of history on speaking and people praying over things. And there's like a a component, there's like a wavelength that can kind of change the dynamic. So um, anyway, whatever it is, God told us to speak life into a situation You have the power of life or death. Why speak fear when you could speak life? So um, that can be a topic in and of its own. But the last step for me is to paint the vision of what it would look like if you overcame it. So I started thinking, God, like how great would it feel to know I actually overcame all this. I was on the other side of that lake and I felt the victory of knowing I did something that I was afraid of. And I could tell other people that, Hey, I'm now a leader. I was a pioneer in something, which I naturally love doing. I can bring other people there and say, Hey, this is safe. I know it's a little scary, but let's, let me do it with you. Or I can empower them to do what I did. Um, But but in my heart, I was just like, dude, it would be so great to look at life with the freedom of knowing if I wanted to do something, I could do it and not allow fear to get in my mind. Because I feel like the more you give into fear, it's a cancer. It spreads to every other area of your life, and you end up like those old people who never do anything because they're afraid of things. So again, it's uh, praying about things, speaking life, and painting vision of what it would look like. And I just did it. Um, There was a little um, obstacle that I didn't realize halfway through that swim, though there was a little uh, shallow area halfway through you could see it it was shallow in the middle it was a long swim but i swam to that halfway point and tried to stand up and i tried about four or five times and uh it was it looked shallow but it was too deep for me to stand up and that's where it got kind of crazy because it was cold my my muscles were kind of cramping up and i realized now i'm doing this but now it's survival. I need, to, like, I need to swim. There was no exit strategy. I had to swim to the other side. So almost was like with the shark story, do I swim back? No, I got to swim forward and hope I don't die. So I was like praying and I'm like, God, there's no amount of complaining I could have done. There's, I couldn't be like, Hey, get over here. I had to walk it out and swim it. And so I, in that moment, I had to think of things that I learned, control your breathing, swim, slower strokes, know that no amount of complaining could help me out of that situation. I had to just apply myself and did it. And man, it felt victorious. And I also personally love that there was like an obstacle. It's like anything in life. You're going to have obstacles, but you have what it takes. Your limits are far beyond what you think they are. If you don't believe me, ask David Goggins and in, uh, in his story of Can't Hurt Me. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll he'll
1: school you on that. That's a good one. So you, you have this, this passion you carry with you of overcoming fear and helping other people. If people are listening to this podcast and they they really want to break through that fear. They have this three-step process now that they can break through this fear. But what if they want to come and do it with you? Are you uh, swimming with sharks anytime soon here? That's a great
0: idea. I think we'll just do that uh, on the 18th of this month. Oh, perfect. Oh, hopefully, it's not, hopefully you're not watching this past that. If not, you still have opportunities to overcome your fear because I constantly have a community – uh, uh, I have events going on that bring the community together as lo- along with our love fearless outreach is where we reach out to the community with random acts of kindness. Um, but yeah, on June 18th we're uh, swimming with sharks with leopard sharks. They're like the dogs of the ocean. They're very gentle, very docile, and we're going to be in La Jolla shores and if you're available, be great to have you come there are and we join talking pit
1: bull dogs or um
0: yeah the pit bulls that are uh, <laughs> no, no, that's good no they're like the lab dogs yes there you go there you go yeah they're not going to hurt you and i've done my research i've talked to uh scuba diving um stores that lead teams like this and i said is there anything to be aware of or anything i shouldn't do and they're like you shouldn't worry about it. there's absolutely nothing to worry about and
1: yeah but i've never done it before only a couple deaths a day from those guys right no, a couple of weeks.
0: Oh, a couple of weeks. But it's but there. But it only happens to men. So if you're a woman who's afraid of sharks, realize that sharks are man eaters, not woman eaters. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So any women who are <laughs> afraid of sharks, you don't really have to be anymore.
1: No, they're they're completely safe. But we are doing that on uh, the 18th. Yeah, 18th this month. So um, you want to DM Justin? You want to throw in your Instagram? Yeah, I would say the best way to reach me
0: is through my Instagram,
1: Justin Official. That's Maina Official. That's M A I N A Official i'll put that in the show notes too go ahead and him DM, dm him and uh you can go ahead and come swimming with sharks with us and we're we'll joining us
0: at the chris stapleton concert tomorrow and we're gonna dance the night away there I, that's one of my
1: passions man i love dancing yeah yeah so if you're f- afraid to dance you could uh learn from justin as well thank you well maybe we'll see by the way let me let me just
0: say one more thing um it it honestly, I, I don't give in to my fears as much. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I, you know, I'm limited by fears, but I don't want to stay there. I want to pursue it and get better. But it still, whenever I have an opportunity to speak, the, the natural fear inside me is to be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not a speaker. You, you, you get caught up on things and you don't know how to flow as good as Riley does or other people. I can instantly find myself in a comparison trap and feel like, ah, oh, I don't really have much to share. There's other people who know more than I do. And what do I have to offer? I want to challenge you just like I'm doing, you have something of value and just share it, do it because you may have somebody who's listening to you that may be only in your circle of influence that the other people that you're comparing to will never have an opportunity to speak to or reach, but you do test that ability, practice it, cultivate that. And eventually you'll get used to being able to speak better. And, you know, and I'm just being vulnerable in this journey, but I just want you to know that I constantly am limited by, by limiting beliefs. But the key is, are you going to, are you going to stay there and not do something? Or are you going to make the decision and follow through and actually commit to it? Knowing it may not be perfect. The last thing I wanted to just share with you is something a mentor in my life told me, because I auditioned for something and it took me 72 takes to do it. 72. And I, and I was, and, and by the way, he saw the final product. And he's like, wow, man, you're awesome. You're a natural. And I said, bro, I just want to be open. It took me 72 takes to do that. And I, and I said, I, I don't want to be that man who is a 72 take person because I'm, not, I'm just thinking of like my future self, my future relationships. Like how, how would it great to be, how, how great would it be to be around that person? Hey, hold on just a second. Let me audition. And then I'm like screwing it up, not only for myself, but they're seeing the behind the scenes guy. We have to live with that behind the scenes guy. I don't want to be that guy. So I saw, sought help and said, what do I do to avoid this? I don't want to be this person. And he said, here's what he, he gave me three tips. He said, hopefully I can remember them. He said, "Pretend like it's your pretend like you're live, and you have one shot at it." He the second one he said is, "Pretend." Um, he okay, so so the first one, just to recap, is pretend like you're live and just do your best. You know, the second thing was, when you're doing it, realize that it may not be your best, but it's good enough. A lot of people can limit themselves by thinking, "Oh, I can do it better." It's good enough. And the third thing he said was. Like what I was kind of, uh, which is what I think brought this up was uh, um, um, what he was saying is you have something to share that may be better than most people have in a particular category. Don't shy away from telling it just because you may not feel like you're an expert at it yet. But if it works for you, if it's something of value, share it because it may just help somebody. And even if it helps just one, it's worth it. And I think of that as what Jesus did. If he came down here just for one person, he would have done it because he loves you that much. It's an individual relationship we all have with him. Um, and sometimes our life can be changed just by one person's influence, your influence in one person's life could change so many more people that at the end of our life, we could realize the one person that we invested so much time in that we thought was just a low impact could have created a ripple effect that we may not know, ever
1: know until maybe after our life. Hmm. Anyway, that's, That's there's one little thing I wanted to share. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Perfect. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you all you guys for uh, listening to another episode of the hungry few podcast And uh, we will see you next time on the show.
0: You've been listening to an episode of the hungry few podcast where we believe complacency is the enemy. Thank you for listening. And until next time, stay hungry.